Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. You are now about to experience a Lee Penley original. Please enjoy. Hey church, I sure do miss seeing everybody smiling faces and getting to hang out with everybody on Saturday night, but I feel so blessed and so thankful that we get to at least be together virtually, and I have been absolutely blown away by watching all the churches online and on Facebook, and I can't help but be excited thinking that people that might not ordinarily go to church are getting to hear the Word of God. And for me, that's amazing. It's so cool to see God moving in the middle of all this chaos. But today we're going to be talking about the beggar at the beautiful gate. And it is an amazing story. It's a story about change. It's a story about a miracle brought on by the love and grace of Jesus Christ. It's about how God wanted to radically change this man's life in mind, body, and in spirit, and how this man, he was willing to settle for just some spare change, but how God had something way bigger in plans for him. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm just going to kind of go through it verse by verse. Verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. So this was signed as kind of something normal for them to do. It was ordinary. It was custom at the time for them to pray three times a day. They would pray in the morning, again in the afternoon, and again in the evening. And this says the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. So you think it's possible that John and Peter had already gone to the temple and prayed once that day. We don't know. What we do know is that Jesus and the apostles definitely went to the temple and that being who Jesus was, he had definitely gone through the beautiful gate. So this was just an ordinary day for them. But how many times do we see that in the middle of the ordinary, divine opportunities arise, right? So verse 2 says, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, which is money, from those who entered the temple. So here's this man. He's lame from birth. He was born into brokenness. He can't help himself. He has to rely on others. He can't have a job. He doesn't have a career. Every single day he wakes up into brokenness and he's carried by the same people and placed at the same gate every day. Now the temple had lots of gates, but the gate that he was placed at was called the beautiful one. And I think it's kind of ironic how here he is every single day placed at a gate called beautiful when his life is anything but. His life is absolutely full of contradictions. He's at the temple, which should be a place of healing, yet he's completely broken physically, spiritually, and and mentally, I'm sure. You know, I can only imagine how he feels. I know that I have some mobility issues of my own, and 
I'm not able to stand on my feet for long periods of time. And when my family or friends or whatever, we want to go do things like museums or bush gardens or anything like that, I have to be in a wheelchair and I have to rely on people pushing me. And so when my kids want to go on a ride and I can't or I don't want to, I have to sit there in the wheelchair and I have to wait for them to get back. I can't go get something to drink. I can't go shopping in the shops. But I was lucky, I was blessed with a mobility scooter from two wonderful people this past year. And it really changed things for me. But this man, they didn't have mobility scooters back then. He didn't have that luxury. So I can only imagine that he was out of hope. Walking was the furthest thing from this man's mind. I'm sure that ship had long since sailed for him. So here he sits at this gate, but yet he's begging for spare change. And back then it was custom that if you were crippled or you were lame, you couldn't go into the temple. So here he is so close, but he's stuck right there at the gate. And why there? Why, why couldn't he go to the marketplace or to the local tavern or whatever? And I think it's because he figured that those people that spent their time praying and worshiping God would be more generous. And you know what? We should be. We absolutely should be. It should be that way. Because if we can go and we can build up our love for God and it doesn't transfer over to our love for people, especially those that are hurting or needy, we're doing something seriously wrong and we need to go back to step one. But anyway, tangent over. But here comes Peter and John, right? And we know that when Jesus or Jesus' people walk on the scene, something's going to change. So verse three says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. So here he is asking for spare change and he doesn't even realize that that's not what he really needs. Sometimes the change that we want or we think we want isn't what we really need. We start to settle, we get comfortable and we ask for just enough to get by and that's not what God has planned for us. Verse four says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. John and Peter saw the need. They took notice. How different would Acts three have been if they wouldn't have taken notice? It would literally be, okay, John and Peter went to the temple, they prayed, they went home. What if they would have just kept on walking? What if they had been preoccupied? How many needs do we miss if we're preoccupied or we got our heads down on our phones like this and we're just texting? What if we actually started taking notice of the people around us in the ordinary, in the middle of our day, at work or at home? What are we doing with those little exchanges that we find ourselves in? And would they make a difference to somebody if we actually did take advantage of it, right? I mean, we can't address needs if we don't even notice them. So here's the beggar, and he would have been sitting on the steps, shaking his little can for everybody walking by, asking for spare change. But what does Peter do? Peter says, hey, no, focus on us. Look, look at me. And verse five says, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting? Well, he was expecting spare change. He was expecting them to, to walk by and throw some coins in his little cup. But God wanted to give him a life change. 
Like I said, sometimes we don't even notice what we actually need anymore because we've lived in brokenness for so long. How many of us get like that? I know I'm guilty. We get settled into our marriages and into health and into our relationships and we just get comfortable and we start thinking it is what it is. This is, this is my lot in life. No, it's not. God has something so much bigger in mind for all of us, I promise you. Verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. We could stop right there. That is amazing. Talk about faith. That actually gives me goosebumps. Peter really steps out in faith here. And he does it in front of a ton of people without any, any question. He has no qualms about commanding this man to stand up in the name of Jesus Christ. And here's this man. He's been sitting at this beautiful gate made of all this precious metal this whole time. And it's done him absolutely no good. And it's because that's not what he actually really, really needs. And what if they would have just walked by and just given him the money and just thrown some change in his, in his little can? He would have just spent it. It would have been gone. He wanted spare change, but God wanted to give him something more. God wanted to give him a life change. God wanted to give him mobility. God wanted to give him a miracle. And sometimes God doesn't allow us to have what we think we want because he knows what we really, really need. And Peter and John, they say, we don't have money, but let me give you what I do have. They had Jesus. Anyone you ever known been in a tough spot, had some news maybe that wasn't good. You didn't know what to say. You didn't, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know how to help them. Give them what you got. You got Jesus. You can just be there for them. You can pray with them. You can pray for them. Just do it in the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. His name means grace. It means salvation. It means healing. Just share it because that's something we absolutely, we do have that. So they tell him, get up and walk, knowing that when he does it, it's only because of Jesus. Jesus challenges us to attempt the impossible. And that's how we know it was him. Remember, Peter might've been the one that seized the opportunity but Jesus is the one who turned it into the miracle. Verse seven says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So Peter took him by the right hand. Isaiah 41.10 says, God upholds us with his mighty right hand. So Peter extends him his right hand and pulls him up and immediately his ankles and his feet become strong. Even babies crawl before they stand and then they walk. This man had never been on his feet before. That is a miracle. The day started ordinary with the lame man going and doing the same old thing and Peter and John going to pray like they always did. But sometimes our ministry is in the middle of the ordinary, in the middle of our regular routines. We just need to kind of watch around us for those that are needy or those that are hurting and have the courage to seize the opportunity. Verse 8 says, So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. He leaped and praised God. He doesn't thank Peter and John. 
because he knows it's God that really healed him. He'd never even been inside the temple gates, but praise and worship came naturally. And it's because when you receive God's grace, you can't help but praise and worship. And once you understand, I was broken, I was lame, but God did everything for me. It shows up in your praise. It shows up in your giving. It shows up in your service. It shows up in how you treat people. Even King David, who was an adulterer and a murderer, when he saw God washed away his sins, he had this revelation of grace. And he wrote Psalms 45.1, and it says, My heart is overflowing with a good thing. I recite my composition concerning the king. See, you can't help but praise. You can't help but worship and jump and dance. This man, he may have asked for some spare change, but God gave him a life change. And that's what he wants to do for all of us. Verse nine says, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. All the people saw. They knew who he was. They'd seen him sitting there day after day after day for 40 plus years. They knew it wasn't a miracle. It wasn't just some magic. And the revelation of grace in this man was visible. And it should be. People should see that in your life and you should want to tell everybody about how good God is and how kind Jesus has been to me. And when you see God's grace working, your reaction should be of wonder and amazement. People should be able to see that. They should be able to look at your life with wonder and amazement. Things shouldn't make sense. They should, they should be confused. They should look at you and say, wait a minute, she's too sick to be that joyful, or they're too poor to be generous. I want people to look at my life with wonder and amazement so that I have the opportunity to say, that's Jesus. Verse 11 says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Notice that it says greatly amazed, not just a little bit. Verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. He killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect, soundness in the presence of you all. He says, Peter says, why are you looking at us? This is the perfect opportunity for Peter to take the credit, but he doesn't. Who do you think he points to? He points to Jesus. He says, not me, but Jesus. We can't do this. Only Jesus who died on the cross. Only Jesus who rose from the dead. Only Jesus who's the Lord of all lords. Only Jesus who's the King. Only Jesus is the one who could have healed this man. Jesus brings strength to the weak. 
faith in His name can bring about complete healing. And that same power that brought that lame man from birth to complete wholeness in a matter of a minute is the same power that we have in His name today. We just need to take notice. We need to see the needs around us and we need to have the courage to seize the opportunities to share what we do have, and that's Jesus. We need to extend our right hand, especially to those that are hurting and those that are needy. And in doing that, especially right now in the middle of this craziness, you know, we don't have the answers that some people are seeking. We don't know when the COVID-19 is gonna be over. We don't know when people are gonna be able to go back to work or when their paychecks are gonna be normal. We don't have that, but what we do have, we can share it. And that's Jesus and there's power in that. That's the only answer we really need. You know, one of my best friends in the whole entire world, Amy, she's been with me through so much, through chemo, through radiation, through hair in, through hair out, through bad news. And she didn't always have the answer. She didn't know what to say. But one thing that she did was she stayed with me and she shared what she did have. She shared her faith with me. She prayed with me, she prayed for me, and it got me through so many hard times. And this past year, unfortunately, Amy got bad news. And I didn't have the answers that she wanted to hear. And I didn't know what to say, but I got the privilege of sharing my faith with her and praying for her and praying with her in the name of Jesus. And there's power in that. All we need to do is share what we have, and that's Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for bringing us all together. I pray that we have the eyes to see those that are hurting and needing. And I pray that we have the courage to share what we do have, and that's you. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody watching today that doesn't know you, I pray that they have the courage to ask you to come into their heart and to be the light of their life, because we know that you're the only answer we really need. In your name I pray, amen. Guys, if you have any prayer requests, send us a private message. We'd love to pray with you or for you. We love you, we miss you, we can't wait to see you again. But until then, stay in and stay safe. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.